for the What is nothing? Yeah, that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? What is something? That's deep, bro. Oh, hello. Welcome to That's Deep, Bro. Serious questions with silly people. I'm your host... Christina P. I did it. I said it. <laughs> I like the song. Okay. Uh, anyway, hi guys. How's it going? It's the weekend as I'm recording this. It's a nice day today. My dogs are running free. Uh, husband's home. I got a little baby jeans who's behaving, who kind of slept through the night-ish. I don't know. I don't know. I'm so used to sleeping. I, I, I get like four hours of sleep and I think that that's amazing. It feels like it's 20 hours. Like, yeah, fucking rocked out four hours of sleep. Uh, anyway, today today's a mixed bag. I decided, you know, I, I can't really think of a cohesive theme. My brain's kind of all over the place this week, but in a good way. <clears throat> you like that? And um, I'm going to read some emails and I'm just going to answer them. And we'll kind of just go with the flow, man. Let's. How about that? You know, let's keep it easy. It's it's an easy, it's an easy recording today. It's a nice day. Sun's out. Birds are chirping. Shit, I'm feeling myself. I'm feeling it. I might go outside. I might actually go outside today. I might take a walk. <laughs> oh shit. I don't know. Uh, so here, okay, well, let's do some business. Um, Four twenty, April twentieth. Come see me. Uh, perform at the Venturi, Venturi, Ventura Comedy Club, Ventura County, Los Angeles. And then uh, May 27th, May 28th, I'll be at the La Jolla, La Jolla Comedy Store, fancy San Diego. Listen to your mom's house. If you don't already, probably you do, which is maybe why you heard of the show. <laughs> uh, what else? Hey, now, please use my Amazon banner uh, to do your shopping. That means when you want to go to Amazon, go to thatsdeepropodcast.com first, click on the banner at the bottom of every post, and then just like do your shopping as you normally would. It really helps kick back some, uh, some change to the show. Instagram, Christina P-A-Z. Um, Twitter, at Christina P. God, so, so horrible <laughs> social media. I am, I am who I think I am on social media. <laughs> I am who I say I am. That should be the the, mon- the mantra. That's how you pronounce it. Not mantra. Mantra of this generation, of this now. I shouldn't blame this generation. I just say now. It's it's I am who I say I am. Um, I say mantra because I, I started taking a meditation class, thank God. Long overdue, man. And I actually got to take a, medica- a, medication, a meditation class with Deepak Chopra's daughter. I know, right? And she kept saying, you're going to say the mantra, the mantra, mantra, M-U-N-T-R-A, mantra. Very cute. All right, guys, uh, let's do it, dude. I want to fucking, oh, I'm so fired up. I've had this song in my head for like a couple days now. I just, oh, all right, let's, I'll just, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to tell you what it is. It just gets me so fired up. You know what I mean? Like you hear a song and you're like, oh yeah, I'm a fucking... I'll burn this bitch down. I feel like burning some shit down today. Let's do it. Let's burn this motherfucking week down, y'all.
Set that shit on fire, man. What the fuck this song, man? This shit's crazy, right? This is crazy white people. <laughs> white people are out of their fucking minds. Boredom. This song, dude. It does inspire one to set some shit on fire, though, right? Oh, yeah. It set it on fire, man. <laughs> she means it. <laughs> Uh-oh, here it comes. Set me on fire, kerosene. I remember this song, dude. I mean, look, when you're a teenager and some dude tells you to set some shit on fire with kerosene, I think like now, if they came out with this song, you know, the mom's league would be on them for inciting violence, telling kids to do bad shit. Yeah, those are the good old days where you could tell kids to do bad shit. Actually, no, Tipper Gore was... um, such a good song was uh, was uh, filing lawsuits against was it Ozzy Osbourne and uh, <laughs> all these eighties bands because some kid hung himself to an Ozzy record or something and then there you go before you know it lawsuits lawsuits because we can't assume responsibility for your children it's it's the musicians anyway that was Big Black the band is called Big Black I know some people write in and they're like what the fuck is that song you played it's Big Black the song's called Kerosene. And the the story of Big Black 
I think is so interesting. I was watching a documentary on punk rock. I believe it was punk, or maybe it was that um, Sonic Highways. Was it that show? It was a really good show. If you did, if you missed that, that was Dave Grohl did a show called Sonic Highways, and a lot of women got pissed because he he didn't cover a lot of female acts. Basically, what he did was go to city to city and trace the lineage of music in that city and a lot of the feminists were like there's no women in your documentary there's no women in your documentary which uh yeah i know there weren't many but you know what maybe maybe in dave grohl's it's, it's the story of dave grohl's experience of music um so maybe in his world he didn't listen to a lot of female artists you know you know what I'm saying? You feel me? What I'm talking about not everybody is 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 into female vocal. I don't know. Shit. I don't know. I still like Dave Grohl. I got I got love for you, Dave. So anyway, Big Black, uh, this crazy punk band, and they start really early. I'm gonna say, let's see, it was Big Black in the late '70s? Even they're the one of these motherfuckers, like origin type bands. Let me see when these fools start. Uh, I guess 1981. Okay, that's when they start. And uh, there's this great album called Songs About Fucking, which is hilarious, which is, I think, supposed to be a play on the fact that aren't all great songs about fucking. So they're like shitting on marketing and shitting on the music industry, which is amazing. So pick it up. Songs About Fucking, old school punk. So this guy, his name is uh, Steve. I think it's Albini. Albini. Albini um, is like the front man. Did he? Yeah, he's a singer, I think, for Big Black. God, please, please don't don't quote me on this shit, guys. Singer and guitarist, yeah, Steve Albini. And he forms this band. Big Black goes on, like, it influences all these other bands. It basically starts, like, the industry. Remember industrial music in the 90s? <laughs> You're embarrassed to say you listen to it. I am, too. I loved KMFDM and, you know, Front 242 and Frontline Assembly. All these wacky bands from Germany. <laughs> these wacky German bands that played fucking horrible industrial music. And in, in the 90s, it was cool to go to these clubs in L.A. and they play this hardcore. Nine Inch Nails, that's considered industrial, but that's like the, you know, the flagship. It's the McDonald's of industrial music is Nine Inch Nails, which I never really got into them. Trent Reznor always seemed like such a fucking bitch to me. Ugh. You know what's really gross is Trent Reznor rented out the Sharon Tate murder house uh, up on Cielo Drive in L.A. He rented it out to record an album in it. And I'm like, really, bro? Like, really? That's how goth you are? You want to fucking make music at the Sharon Tate murder house? All right. Okay. Whatever's The the gruesome murder of Sharon Tate, the model. She had a seven-month pregnant, had her baby cut out of her. Like, you want to fucking hang out at that place? Okay, anyways, Big Black, Steve Albini uh, forms this band, and then he goes on to become a recording engineer. He doesn't call himself a producer, which is funny. He opens a studio, I guess that's what it's called, right? A recording studio um, in Chicago. Chicago. Oh, that's right. This is Sonic Highways, yeah, uh, because they covered Chicago. So, uh, and he records like these amazing albums, like fucking legendary albums like homeboy was responsible for nirvana's in utero when i say responsible i mean he recorded produced the record nirvana in utero you may have heard of that little band you may have heard of a band called the pixies my personal favorite dude homeboy recorded surfer rosa 
Heller, only one of the best albums of all time. The Breeders, we know them from the show. Um, the Wedding Present, PJ Harvey. And this guy is so punk rock that he insists on <laughs> like not crediting himself um, as a producer, but rather as a recording engineer. And he refused to take royalties on the work um, that he would do on these huge albums, calling them, this is from Wikipedia, quote, an insult to the band. <sighs> okay, so what I'm trying to tell you is Steve Albini has this awesome recording studio that artists love to go to because like he uses old school equipment and mic, like, you know, like he records it music, the way fucking music's supposed to sound, sounds cool in this guy's studio. And those guitars that you hear in big black, like why it sounds so dope. Apparently he used some kind of metal, I don't know, pick is what it is. Let me read. I read about it. It's so fucking cool. So he uses the drum machine, which was like one of the first bands to really kill it on a drum machine. Ah, I forget where the fuck did... Oh, 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 oh. They use sheet metal clips on the guitar. That's why it sounds so badass. Uh, But to put it in perspective, these amazing bands record with him. He becomes like the the guy, and he doesn't take royalties. He doesn't take royalties on Nirvana's In Utero. (laughs) Okay, okay. Because it's not punk rock. Nothing makes me crazier than when artists do this shit to themselves. Like, no, what I do, I'm an artist. Artists don't make money. No, motherfucker, make your money. Because now I'm sure he's an older dude. And he's like, I was in big black. I have a recording. And uh, no, no, actually, his studio is suffering. It's actually, it's, it might be closed down. That was the, what Dave Grohl was talking about. Because a guy can't cover his rent because he didn't take fucking royalties Listen, if you're an artist, you deserve to be compensated. Always take your money, because if you don't take it, someone else will. You best believe that music company, the, the record label, or whoever the fuck, took this motherfucker's money. Okay, same in comedy. Get your money, get your life, because somebody's making that money. The club is definitely making their money. Uh, the managers, the agents, everyone's making their money. So you, you take yours first, bro. I don't know. I don't know when when in punk rock it became cool to be poor. Fuck being poor. I, I hate being. I've been poor. It sucks. Okay. 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 And people who say dog shit like what it the best things in life are free sometimes or money can't buy happiness. Bullshit. If you say some dumb shit like money can't buy happiness, it's because you've never been poor. I've been poor. It fucking sucks. So here we go. Uh, that was Big Black. Good, good, good. And I was thinking about Big Black, I think because it's Coachella week, and I only know this because I shop on H&M. Yeah, I buy, I buy cheap clothing on H&M, Forever 21, The Gap, Old Navy. Love it. It's, uh, it's sweatshop labor fashion. <laughs> but... You know what? I, I can't spend more than 30 bucks on a top. It just feels crazy to me. Mm, that's funny. I say money. Money buys habits. Money buys me all the H&M products. You can buy like fucking 40 things and it's $100. And, that, and I love that. I'm still cheap. I'm still a cheap person. Um, but they had this hideous section. I have the app on my, uh, my H&M app on my iPhone. Um, this horrible thing where they, they say they label all the fashions, the looks, 
And they're like, this one's conscious, I guess, meaning earth conscious, even though H&M is strictly sweatshop labor produced, recyclable. Like it's, it's, it's a disposable fashion because they come out with, with new um, designs every quarter, which is almost, you know, it's really hard to do. So they have little kids in Bangladesh making their clothes, um, which is fine. You know, it is what it is. It's not, it's not fine. (laughs) It's morally reprehensible. Um, But that's for another episode. The fact is H&M, when you shop, they also have this horse shit where it tells you Coachella, right? It's got like a little banner over this stupid fucking outfit with fringe on it and like, I don't know, some brown short suede mini skirt and then a vest with fringe on it, kind of like some Rachel Zoe, you know, faux hippie nightmare. And it says Coachella. And and it got me looking. I, I've never been to Coachella. I know it's a music festival here in California. And everybody in Los Angeles loses their mind uh, for this weekend. And they migrate to the desert. And they they essentially do what is my worst nightmare in life. I mean... My worst nightmare is being somewhere hot, outdoors, there's dirt everywhere. Uh, There's nowhere for me to take a piss unless I stand in line for an hour. I'm pretty sure Coachella has nothing but porta-potties like most of these festivals do. Um, It's strangers who are drunk and high as fuck stumbling on you. Uh, you probably can't really even enjoy the bands because you're so far back on some enormous, you know, field, whatever area, and you're sweating your tits off. And but you know your ba- your favorite band comes on, and it's 11:30 at night. You just got to hang out for another 12 hours until your your favorite band comes on. And do I have the right wristband? I don't know. My wristband doesn't let me get into the section where my friends are. And where are my friends? I don't know where everybody. Oh yeah yeah. It's just Coachella. It seems like the worst. It is my hell garden. It, it sounds like the worst thing on earth. I would rather. I would rather live on a carnival cruise ship. No worse. I would rather live on a Disney cruise ship with that Rosie O'Donnell knocking on my door every morning, waking me up, snuggling with me. <sighs> I would rather eat at the Olive Garden every day for the rest of my life than go to Coachella once. I mean it. I mean it. What a fucking nightmare. But the bands seem pretty cool. I did. I looked at their website. I mean, I don't know most of these bands because I'm lame. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it's probably horrible. Like the Renaissance Fair. It's probably worse than the Renaissance Fair. At least at the Renaissance Fair... You can make fun of the nerds and you eat that turkey leg. I mean, isn't that why anyone goes to that horseshit thing is the uh, the turkey leg? Forgive me if this is a California-specific thing, uh, the Renaissance Fair. <laughs> Fucking hell. My, uh, my mother used to force me to go to the Renaissance Fair. She thought it was a, a cultural event. Let's, let's go to the Renaissance Fair. The Renaissance Fair. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Bunch of fucking assholes and tights. It's hot. Again, Renaissance Fair, not so far off from Coachella in terms of your, your suffering level. Uh, it's hot. It's dirty. Dirt. 
and some asshole in tights and a Henry the the Eighth costume. Ye old <laughs> Renaissance. Give me a fucking break. So there you go. It's the Coachella week. LA has lost its mind. Instagram has lost its mind. I was uh, it, I was looking at the pictures of people at Coachella. I was like, okay, maybe I should you know look into this. And the people look terrible too. It's like really over commodified. Um, I mean, again, you know, Instagram is is another one of those things where it's like you put your best foot forward. A lot of modeling, and you're like, dude, does anyone just have fun anymore? Are we just allowed to enjoy any sort of activity without having to document how much fun we're having and how attractive we are all the time? Can you just live moments anymore? I don't know. It makes my asshole pucker just thinking about it. Um, Speaking of assholes puckering, I got this email I want to read. I want to read it to you, and I like to talk about it. Oh, the burger, 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 burger. Because I read this, and I was like, yep, had this problem in my life. So this nice young lady wrote to me, and um, she wants my advice on something, and I think it's really a cool topic, so let's do it. She says, I get really jealous, <clears throat> and I'm working on it, but it's really hard to overcome. I especially get super jealous when I think about or when I found out my boyfriend watches porn. I think to myself, this is something all men do, and it's normal. It's just a biological need, but I have a really hard time separating the fantasy from reality. I feel insecure and unattractive. I feel like he would rather get off to these other ladies than me or like I'm competing with them. Uh, From listening to your mom's house, I know you guys talk about porn a lot. And I'm just wondering like how you feel and if you ever felt the way I do. And if you did, what helped you get over it? How can I begin to let go of this jealousy I'm having with porn? And sometimes it is with other girls too in real life, but not so much. Okay, dude. Um, yeah, first of all, isn't it funny how I'm the same way that if I know other people feel the same way, I feel so much better in life. My therapist tends to think that's not a good thing. (laughs) My therapist tries to get me to look inside of myself and validate myself, but come on, that's not going to happen. Okay. (laughs) I didn't have that kind of parenting uh, that encouraged uh, self, you know, self-awareness to the level where I could validate my own thoughts. No. Most people don't. Come on, let's get real. So, sweet, sweet lamb. Yes. Um, here's the thing, though, Miss Miss Writer, into this uh, show, is that when I was growing up, I I did realize that all my boyfriends were watching pornography. But back in the day, we didn't have the internet. We didn't have phones that people could just watch the stuff on. So, like, it's it was more of a dirty secret that your boyfriend looked at naked naked movies and which is really what they are let's it's naked movies movies about people screwing and i think that when you really love a man it's funny especially when you're a younger lady when i was in my 20s and i'd find out that my boyfriend watched porn initially it's kind of like your world collapses it's like finding out that santa claus masturbates and you're like what but i love you you're supposed to be perfect. You're supposed to be this, you know, angelic man being. 
and you do what? And what are you into? And what does this mean? And if you're into something that I'm a little afraid of, does this mean I have to do this stuff with you? Or does this mean that you're fucked up? Or uh, does this mean you like these people more than me? Which I think is totally normal. And yeah, I felt all this stuff, dude. All the stuff the first time I found a boyfriend who was watching uh, porn. Um, Okay, so let's unpack it, dude. Let's unpack it. Um, Totally normal. Number one, my husband, I I just discussed this with my husband before I recorded this, so uh, I had a male perspective. He can't be here on the show right now because he's doing something else. But here's the deal. Um, He made it really clear to me that I, I must tell you guys that masturbation is a huge male need and he's like you have women have to understand that uh guys do it so much like so much he's like he's like i talk to my man friends and uh some days i'll have sex with a woman and then masturbate after even like that's apparently the need so let's understand that from a biological perspective number one uh that sucks it's it's hard for a woman i think to comprehend (laughs) that much of a need to ejaculate but they have poison in their bodies. You know, their beanbags are full of juice that needs to be let out. That's how I see it. I see it as poison because, like, I know when my husband gets backed up, it's just like, oh, I can tell when he's grumpy and needs to be milked. Ugh, my life is, is horrible when, when he needs the, the milkings. Ugh. Um, so let's respect the biological need, number one. Uh, number two, okay, what is uh, pornography? What is it? Let's get deep on it. Uh, obviously, it's, uh, it's a fantasy. It fulfills fantasies that most people, excuse me, don't necessarily want to reenact in real life. Um, maybe in, in your mind, again, my therapist says fantasies are very healthy you may, uh, you know, want to have the school teacher student thing happen or I don't know, bukkakis or fucking, I don't, maybe you want to bang in a dumpster. I don't know what your thing is. And maybe you don't want to have that in real life, but pornography serves the function of fulfilling a fantasy, right? And we have to remember that with dudes and, uh, and that stuff. And I, I actually am you know, I'm I'm pro and I'm con, not con, I guess, anti-pornography and pro simultaneously. Um, pro because I think that it's a actually really great way to maintain monogamous relationships. If you don't have an open relationship, really, what better way um, than to explore other people <laughs> Um and fantasies than than uh, pornography. It's it's kind of great. Okay, like I I I love not that Luke Wilson does porn, but I I love Luke Wilson. But I know that uh, he's in the movies. I'm probably not going to um, really meet him. I've met him once. Just kidding. I saw him once in the airport, but I didn't talk to him. I probably won't spark up a relationship with Luke Wilson. So there's no threat to my relationship. Same with these uh, porn stars. In all likelihood, your your boyfriend will not meet Tara Patrick, Jenna Jameson, or whoever whoever it is. He blue iris. She's dead. <laughs> Kim Ann. I don't know who you're into. 
likely won't meet these people. And if he did, speaking as somebody who's met many porn stars, because, hey, porn stars and comedians, not that far off. I believe I've had this discussion with Sam Tripoli before that uh, comics, we're made of the same wires that have been crossed, the same misfirings that create porn stars, it creates comedians, not that far off. It's similar drive that uh, puts a stripper on a pole that puts a comedian in front of a microphone and requires people to validate and love you. So I've met many porn stars and I do have to say, if your boyfriend were to meet them, it's no biggie. It really isn't. And you realize that they are fulfilling a job. It's a job like any other job. And they're people like any other people who want to talk about things other than sucking it. You know, uh, they probably want to talk about the pillows they bought for their couches or their dogs. Um, you know, I, I once had a porn star. We had a porn star over at our home to record your mom's house. And I remember initially feeling like, oh, no, this woman's going to you know ruin our marriage. And this is the fantasy that every man wants. And then she came over and it was like, oh, yeah. Oh, you're just a person who acts in dirty movies. Because um, kind of dirty movies are really, they're not even really sex. It's, you're not really watching what sex looks like. You're, you're watching, you know, um, a representation of sexual behavior. It's a fantasy of how sex happens. Because I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't look the way people look in movies when they're doing it. Um, I certainly don't. A lot of times they like to have sex on surfaces that are horribly um, unappealing. You know, I have not had done it on concrete floors or um, on hoods of cars. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, I'm sure you can. It's just not, I don't like being uncomfortable, frankly. I don't really enjoy it. Um, but the point is, these people, these women, fulfill a function of a fantasy and it's so it's so normal to be jealous, especially because a uh, the body types, right? For some reason, it, it happened around the time that plastic surgery became really accessible to most people. There became the prototype of the female body now, which is totally skinny, huge fake tits, and big hair, big lips, big hair, and you know, perfect, perfect, perfect Barbie. Barbie essentially became real. And I, there was a time in pornography, if you look at the 70s and the 80s before this whole, like onslaught of, of, uh, of, of plastic surgery, the ex- different body types were accepted in dirty movies and in Playboy. Even pick up a Playboy from the 70s and it was like, oh, you can have a large ass and small boobs. You can have big boobs and no ass. You can be a little chunkier than what's acceptable. You can be a redhead. You could whatever the hell. And now, uh, really the prototype is, is the Pam Anderson old school or whatever. I don't know, uh, who the, who the hot chick is now. That's the prototype, but it's, uh, it's really horrible because it feeds into, well, I mean, look, the whole jealousy thing, of other women, you're kind of set up for that in consumer society, right? Because that's the way how consumerism works. Uh, you have to feel envious. 
I think there was even a perfume called Envy, right? Wasn't Kate Moss like a million years ago, the spokesperson or whatever the commercial was, Envy, you're supposed to envy what the other woman has, be, be jealous of, of, of what other women have and you want that, you covet what they have. And if you buy this product, you're going to look exactly like uh, whatever, Kate Moss, whoever the fuck we're talking about. We're just fill in the blank with whoever is hot in the moment. I was like, oh, what's up with Megan Fox? Wasn't she the hot, you know, chick of the moment? And like, no, she's old news. So whoever, whatever rotating <laughs> starlet, put that person in and that's who you're supposed to want to be. And it's hard because when you're younger, it just feels like younger boys do want that stuff. And then when they get older, I think men tend to go like, eh, well, I mean, the cool ones, the lame ones that are still, you know, stuck in their 20s still do that shit. But I don't know. I mean, look, I don't know the details here, too. Then there's the other caveat of some dudes do have a problem with porn. And by a problem, I mean they don't have regular sex with you and then all they do is, is wank to porn. That's a problem. Then you're, then you're in a whole, it's not the porn that's a problem. It's this emotional connection, uh, that he can't maintain with you. That's the problem. I think, right. Isn't that what Dr. Drew says? Uh, but, uh, jealousy in my opinion, and I've been there, dude, believe me. And I think if you just got some reassurance from your boyfriend, you would feel a lot better. I, and, and first of all, Good, good for him for sharing with you that he watches pornography. If I don't know if he came out with it, I don't know why people hide this stuff from each other in couples. It seems like a, a, a real unnecessary secret. Um, I, I don't know. I, I honestly, it's gosh, it's not that. I just never felt it was that big of a deal. Um, but good for him that he's out in the open because I, I, I find that you know, look. There are some dudes who swear up and down that they are repulsed by it, don't like it, and then watch it in secret, which is even weirder. (laughs) Or those people, you know, conservative Republican types who swear up and down that it's dirty and vile, but then secretly wank to animal porn. I don't know. Um, But here's the thing, too. I mean, look, hey, you can be repulsed by pornography. Maybe it's not your bag at all. And there are dudes who don't watch it. They're few and far between. There's like one or two in America who don't. But no, I'm just kidding. There's definitely some dudes who really aren't into it. And you can be with someone that doesn't partake. And maybe that's better too for you personally. If it, if it really troubles you, definitely date someone else. And I know it's when you're in a relationship, you're like, yeah, but I'll never find... You will, trust me. There's so many uh, people on this planet to date my god and they're all at coachella this weekend um and also my love my beautiful love who's written in trust me that jealousy is a horrible waste of emotion especially with boys my god if i could go back in time and uh, undo all the jealousy i felt (laughs) as a young insecure woman i would um, cause here's the thing, and this is the truth of it. You can't force anybody to like you better than someone else anyways. And, um, you can't, you can't force it. And there's really nothing more attractive than someone who feels their own vibes. You know what I'm saying? Um, cause the truth of it is, and this is so trite and you hear this shit all the time, but 
there really is nobody exactly like you on the planet. And it, it's so dumb. And I, I never realized it until I made a human come out of my vagina that really, when you think about it, the exact configuration of DNA molecules combining and coming and and it's so crazy that you came out how you did so you've got your own music you know what i mean don't even compare yourself uh to other bitches and here's the thing there's always somebody for everybody that's that's the best part of this world we live in is that there's somebody for everybody there's somebody out there that loves the same stuff you do that is perfect and now you can find them on the internet. It's not like the old days. You have no hope. You can find these people. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. Yeah. And for other girls, don't even, you know, ugh, don't even do it. Don't do it to yourself. It's hard not to. I know, especially because um, women's looks are so valid. Like It's so important to be attractive in our society, especially with social media. You know, you see these pictures of these girls and you're like, oh, everybody's so much better looking than me. I don't know, are they? I mean, I've taken pictures before. I know angles and lighting and filters and crap. I mean, sometimes you just tilt that camera the wrong way. I look terrible. Tilt the camera the other way. I look amazing. So, shit, I don't know. Most people are misrepresenting how hot they are anyways. But don't but, but don't be jealous. Don't it's such a and I know I, that doesn't help you telling you not to feel something. It's ridiculous. Uh, talk to your talk to your BF. Have them reassure you. I don't know. For some reason, that worked for me as a younger woman is to have them be like, no, dude, I just jerk off to these chicks. <laughs> I also jerk off to you. Yeah, right. Um, you have to also understand that, like, I know when you're in love with somebody, you want to possess them completely. That's the nature of love, right? It's, uh, I think that, I think I read somewhere that it's the, uh, it's that your ego is down and you're enmeshed. You're totally with somebody on this crazy primordial level, similar to what you felt as a baby in your mother's arms. And you never can get back to that place of total connection with another human. And that's why being in love is so intoxicating because you're, you're, you're bonded together in this crazy glue, right? Where you guys think alike, everything's perfect. And then this one thing, he masturbates to other people. And how can it be that my love loves somebody else? Well, he doesn't love somebody else. He's just jerking off. Just remember that. It's just jerking off. (laughs) It's just jerking off. All right. Uh, Again, I'm not entirely pro-pornography. Here's why. Um, I did an episode on pornography, if you want to look back in my vaults. Uh, And I actually... Hold on. Uh, Oh, here it is. Yeah, I interviewed a friend, uh, an anonymous friend who edited porn and shot porn for many, many years. And he and I have a really cool discussion on pornography and feminism. And I will check it out. It's it's an earlier episode of That's Deep Bro. But I used the book by Ariel Levy called Female Chauvinist Pigs, Women and the Rise of Raunch Culture. And I think that's probably why you feel jealous and shitty when you see pornography. It's because, like I said... There tends to be one representation of what women should look like. And uh, and most of the time when you watch pornography, it's really not this fun, consensual looking thing. I mean, at least male-centered pornography, it's just for dudes to jack off. It's really not about 
female pleasure in the least. That being said, there are, you know, women friendly pornography sites. I don't, I don't fucking look for it. I don't care. I'm too cheap, too slow. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Female chauvinist pigs, women in the rise of brunch culture. Uh, it's a good book about pornography and why it's, it sucks today. I mean, a huge part for me is economic. Honestly, I don't, I hate the fact that, um, you know, women are used in these films and seldom are they making the porn, making the money that they should be making off the porn. It's the dudes that are profiting and uh, the women that are expendable, which is crazy to me because without us, there is no heterosexual porn. Um, uh, it just it hurts my soul because back in the day, a lady could make a decent living and become a brand. And I, I think now because they're not, there's no more DVD sales that they're just kind of churned out. These girls are churned out, which sucks for them. Uh, yeah. Okay. Oh, and I hate aggressive pornography. Like the ugh, what is that horrible brand? It's not Vivid. It's the um, you know the rapey stuff, man. Makes me crazy. Blue, uh, Blue Angel, <laughs> Evil Angel. That's the name. That stuff just makes my asshole hurt a little. You know, like really, does she have to be choking, uh, gagging all the time? And does her head have to be in the toilet? Does there have to be a bucket of fish heads or whatever it is that we're torturing this woman with? Yeah, there you go. And that's what we got. Seventies porn, you guys. Go back to the seventies. Watch that. You're going to feel a lot better about yourself. Okay. What else did I have for you? Oh, I got it. Uh, you know what? Let's just go on the theme of of uh, relationships. Okay. Hold on. Let me find this other email. Please pause. Okie doke. Found it. Um, from a, someone named Marv. I like that name, Marv. You don't meet many Marvs, do you? It's an old school name, dude. Marv. Can you do an episode on space in a relationship? I can. Oh, I know what I wanted to address. Also, this other email I got in. But yes, I can. Um, look, I'm in a relationship where space is forced due to the nature of the business we are in. Um, and I think, you know, I think the space and the distance has really helped us in, in some ways because you are excited to see that other person and you do get to be yourself. I know a lot of people are afraid of losing themselves in relationships and it's not necessary. Um, but you have to force it. <laughs> you have to force space. And there's this horrible saying that boys have hobbies and girls have boyfriends. And I think that when you're younger, that's a thousand percent true Girls tend to be a little more obsessive and like, what's he doing? What's, can I just, oh, I love you so much. What, what about you? Uh, and that's why I did an episode last week on being selfish. Chicks are programmed to care for everyone but themselves. And uh, yeah, so space has to be taken. Much like power, no one gives it to you. You just have to take it. And I know... Um, I know it's hard to say to somebody, I love you, but I, I need to get the fuck away from you. That's why you invent things to do. I think that's why men golf and uh, my women knit and crochet. <laughs> I think the best way uh, space is obtained is by creating a hobby of sorts. You know, you got to get the fuck out of the house to do something separate. I think that's the key. Uh, unless you're talking about just wanting to sit alone in your own home with another person. Now, no, just invent an activity. 
that's usually the best. Um, like I know like my husband and I, if one of us is on the computer, that's code for leave me the fuck alone right now. Um, that works. Or if one of us is writing in a journal, that means we're writing a joke. Leave me the fuck alone. That's international comedian code for do not talk to me. If you're ever in a green room and you see comics looking at their notebook or writing in a notebook, it means do not fucking talk to me right now. Um, saying, yeah, so we have our codes. Uh, and also the longer you're with somebody, I think you can just be like, I got to go. I got to, I got to, yeah, I got to quiet this mind down. Um, yeah. But I don't know. Do you mean space to do, to do everything, to do anything? Create activities, bro. That's how you're going to get out of the house. And that's how you save people's feelings. And uh, I used to not be a huge proponent of sparing people's feelings in the past. But I'm starting to get it. I'm starting to think it's kind of worthwhile. You know, I was hanging out at a Japanese massage place yesterday for Tommy's birthday. We got Japanese massages, which sounds really filthy, but it's not. And, you know, that culture prides itself on sparing the other person humiliation, much like the English. Um, you should never embarrass somebody. It's very big. That's why the feelings are not really out there. And I, I agree. Uh, there's something to be said for sparing the other person, the indignity of having to deal with your bullshit all the time. I think that's why Asian people are awesome. The Japanese don't inflict their horse shit on you all the time. Their fucking feelings. Ugh. Okay. You want space in a relationship? You got to take it, bros. It's as simple as that. Otherwise, you will be enmeshed with that other human being. I do, I do find a lot of my female friends have a harder time separating and having an identity outside of a marriage or children or whatever um, the relationship stuff is. But uh, I do find that physically removing yourself and physically leaving the house and physically doing something will create a, a space uh, because that inertia sets in, man. When you're in a couple and you're like, what should we do? Watch Netflix for the 50th time? <clears throat> Absolutely, because it's great, right? That's why you get in a relationship so you can watch Netflix, drink wine, sit on the couch, and pet the dogs. That's what love is. Uh, but yeah, get the fuck out of your house, man. Okay. Uh, I got this other email. Uh, I love this idea. So this girl wrote in and she's a dancer, um, which is, uh, which is a tougher pro- uh, profession because it's not really, how do you sell it? Like you, you, it's a harder gig and she's saying she, it's a long email, so I won't, I won't read it verbatim, but you know, if you can't package it and sell it, it's really strictly performance based dancing. You know, you can't really sell, uh, videos or performances. Like I guess you can, but it's not like comedy where you do an album or, or whatever. Um, okay. Here we go. If you create, make something that is not quantifiable, tactile, or recreatable and aesthetic experience, how does one identify and assess their self-worth? As an artist, it's difficult to separate the feeling of yourself, the feeling of your self-worth with your work. I try to think that my work does not make me who I am and does not define me as a person. I do this because as an artist, I have to be self-involved to create work. But as a person, I do not think think any of my work matters and I am more than okay with that concept. I do not believe you are your work, but I'm not convinced that it's actually true or helpful to view life this way. Is this a problem or is the concept of self-work intertwined is yourself something you need to stay aware of? How does understanding, separating, accepting these ideas change your art teaching way 
in which work defines the percentage of yourself and non-working person. Okay, anyway, I think what the question is, is self-worth a feeling, interaction, or quantitative, tangible thing? How does this journey affect your sense of self and the who you're trying to become? Okay, are you, are you your creation is what I'm, I think you're trying to say. Because it kind of is, right? When you say, this, I am a comedian, I am a dancer, you're literally quantifying, or you're literally saying, uh, I am, I equal this function. I am um, a sister. I am a daughter. I am, the way our language is structured is to equate the two things, right? And if you've ever taken symbolic logic, even, I believe, right, is the is the equal. Yeah, it, it's structured that way. Uh, to equate the self with with the function, uh, which is really confusing. And I think a lot of men in society, yeah, that's a huge thing. The I am needs to be defined uh, by what you do. Because I do think to some extent, yeah, you are defined by what you do. Because how else does one define oneself? Just by what the fuck you think? No, it's a lot of it is through action. Um. That being said, if you define yourself by your roles, that's really problematic because the roles change over time constantly. Um, I see this happen a lot with empty nesters, right? If, you, if you're nothing but a mother, I'm a mom, I'm a mom, I'm a mom, I'm a mom, um, and then your kids grow up and they leave, and now all of a sudden it's like, well, who am I? I'm not caring for other people all the time. What do I do? Same with comedy, same with, I'm sure, dancing or whatever you do creatively. It's like uh, if you get a bad review, if a show doesn't go well, if you're not booking X, Y, and Z that you want to be booking, well, who the fuck am I now, right? Which is terrible because <laughs> then your sense of self fluctuates depending on what you're doing, how long, how well. You know, I, I have this problem where I don't, I don't like um, compliments, I get really hinky with them because I'm like, bah, but then it's going to make me have this inflated sense of like, oh, I'm fantastic. And I hate that because then where do I go from there? I have to go back down. I think, you know, that up and the down of like, I'm amazing. I'm shit. I'm amazing. I'm shit. Which is the fun of stand up. <laughs> uh, but if you are your roles and if you are what you do, hmm. It's problematic. Um, so again, back with jealousy on the same tangent. Remember, you are not your roles. You are not just a meat globule with tits and ass. You are not your function. Uh, you're not your stuff. You're not any of this shit. You are an amazing creation of molecules, my friend. You really are. It's so crazy to think it. And I think when we get caught up in all this stuff of what am I doing? Where am I going? You know what? You're a fucking amazing configuration of molecules and DNA. You are a meat brain, yes, surrounded by amazing, uh, uh, the amazing ability to think rational thoughts, which as far as we know and all the other living creatures, we're the only ones that can do that, which is why it's so confusing to be a human. Jesus Christ. Yeah, think about that. You're the only person, not the only person, you're the only uh, species, humans, 
that can think thoughts so far that we know of on earth and uh, you're a special arrangement. So try not to stress too much about what you do and if it defines you because it's not you because that'll change. You were once very small. You were once a teenager. You were once 20. You were once 50. You were once 70. You were once an engineer. You were once (laughs) whatever. It all changes. Every seven years, all your molecules change. Every seven years, all your cells change. I mean, they regenerate. You're not even the same person you were seven years ago. It's a crazy fucking thought. So the only person you really are, I don't know, the only thing you really are is, is your core, right? I know, I know it's hard to it's hard to talk about because it's one of those things like I I get caught up in my roles too, right? I'm a comic, I'm a mom, I'm a wife. I'm a, I was a daughter. I am a daughter. I'm a cousin. I'm a fucking whatever, dude. I'm an awesome surfer. I'm a professional skateboarder. I'm a writer, producer, director, rapper. I'm a choreographer. I'm a lover. I'm a wine drinker. And I'm all these things, but not really. But not really. Not really. Because at the end of the day, you're just pure being, I hope. At least that's what my meditation class taught me. That's what Deepak Chopra's daughter taught me. I'm just a pure being. Because all that other shit doesn't fucking matter. It comes and it goes, right? It comes and it goes. And you know what I found? The less that you want to hold on to an identity the easier it is to kind of slip in and out of. and nah, Things go a lot better when you don't give a shit. Hmm. There you go. And that's fucking deep as shit, right, bro? That's the truth of it. For everything. For everything. I guarantee you. If you, give, if you give less fucks, and I know that's like a popular meme right now, to be like, I give zero fucks. I'm crazy. It's, there's something to it uh, in that the less you kind of think about it and just be that's what they talk about creating from like your muse from that inner voice uh and it's hard to hear it because you're too busy judging it you're too busy filling it with other shit i can't say that i can't do that i can't be that that's what we spend most of our existence saying right i can't i can't but i can't because there's so many excuses and it sucks it really sucks because here's the facts what do we say on this show you're gonna die right you're born, and then you got all this time in between now and the time you fucking kick it. What are you going to do? What are you going to do with it? Are you going to think about the shit you could be doing? Shoulda, coulda, woulda, motherfucker. Shoulda, coulda, woulda. Are you going to do it? Just fucking. Don't worry about it. Don't be afraid. Don't think about the hows, the whys, the whens. Just fucking do it. And no, you're not, you're not your function. No, that's American shit telling you that. You know, in another country, when you go to other countries, Europe, for instance, like, I don't know, the 20th question on the list is what do you do for a living? I don't know why Americans, we have to lead with that shit. Hi, I'm Christina. I do this for, this is how I make my money. It's disgusting. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah, well, there you go, bros. Um, it's been deep. It's been uh, kind of all over the map today, but I like it sometimes that way. You can't plan everything, man. I I, I, I try to be cohesive, but it's like, it's not going to go down that way. Oh, yeah. So there you go. I'm going to go walk outside, and I'm going to enjoy my existence today. Uh, 
Yeah. Oh, and by the way, I, I don't know if we keep coming back. Reincarnation, that is. I don't know. I don't know. And that's another thing. I don't know if we keep coming back. I don't know if there's a benevolent, loving, omnipotent God that cares for all of us. I don't think there really is. I mean, when you look at all the horrible shit that goes down for no apparent reason, my God. Mm. That's why you got to take the responsibility for your lives, little kittens. It's only you. It's only you. You control it all. You control your thoughts. Isn't that crazy? You control everything. You control your happiness. Ugh. My God. Don't be jealous of other bitches. Ain't worth it. Ain't worth it. Because I'll tell you what, man. The bitch that you're jealous of, she's jealous of somebody else. And not only that, uh, someone's jealous of you right now. Someone's looking at you and your shit on your Instagram or whatever the hell saying, how oh, I wish I was so-and-so. God, look at how great this person's life is. And can I tell you something? After years of, of, of doing that myself... You realize that nobody has it all. <laughs> Everyone's got their own bag of bullshit, and they're all jealous of someone else. It's a fucking vicious cycle. Ugh. That's why you just gotta look. do you, bro. You just gotta do you. Yeah, do you, and 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 celebrate your particular composition of of cells and molecules. <laughs> all right, all right. That's enough. Uh, I hope you guys have a have a great week. And, um, I don't know, dude, eat some fucking cupcakes. I got sprinkles cupcakes for Tommy's birthday. I'm going to eat those. I'm going to enjoy some sunshine. I'm going to listen to some new wave music. I'm going to figure out these bands at Coachella. I might try to listen to that. Oh, Hey, yeah. I wanted to ask you guys for those of you who listen to the show enough to know what my taste is in music, what I would like, will you please send me suggestions of current bands I have no fucking clue what's cool anymore. No clue. No clue. The last cool thing I... Oh, that's why I'm thinking of Coachella. Lollapalooza, man. The last time I went to a music festival was like 1992. I was, what, 14, 15? And uh, Perry Farrell of Jane's Addiction put together Lollapalooza. Remember that? Great music event. And then he lost his mind and put together music festivals... Uh, for aliens, remember the Enid Festival? That was crazy, Perry Farrell as well. Uh, but yeah, Lollapalooza, first one. Jane's Addiction on the lineup. Susie and the Banshees. And I can't remember anybody else. Why? Because I dropped acid for the first time there. And instead of taking one tab, I took two. And I freaked the fuck out and had to leave Lollapalooza. And I left in the middle of Susie and the Banshees cascades. And I'll never forgive myself for that. And at the time, I was hardcore goth, so I was wearing retainers and a velvet dress. And I, I started to wig out on acid, and I threw my retainers across um, Irvine. It was in Irvine, Irvine Meadows, I believe. I threw my retainers across Irvine Meadows and lost my, my mind. And I unzipped my velvet dress because it was too tight. <laughs> Had to go home on acid. <sighs> bad, bad day. Maybe that's why I don't like festivals. <laughs> okay. All right, bros. Uh, enjoy your lives. It's not going to last forever. All right. Until next time. Now what? I don't know. Philosophize with Philosophize with
It's Christina P, aka Miss Jeans. This ain't your mom's house. It's a different theme. Gotta be critically thinking. Like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in. John Locke, or was it Socrates? Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates. Got us talking all properly, topically. Just a comedian discussing these philosophies. Serious questions, silly people. What's that? That's deep, bro. It is the ultimate metaphor for life. And you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.